Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod. The podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Well, after uh, a lost week for you, yes. um, Noah, or my, my my little friend, um, you had you had a little bit of the uh, sickness. I got the the food poisoning. Got the food poisons. Uh, how are you, how are you feeling? Because that's I got to tell you the the last couple of weeks have not been great for you. First the the ankle roll, and then as you start to get to a point where you're you're able to get back out on court, uh, just a, a smidge. Uh, there, there goes the food poison. I should have liked it. Really? Yeah, I, enjoy, I enjoyed my time with the food poisons. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you forget how much pain you're actually in, <laughs> and you just don't know where it's going to come next. <laughs> yeah, uh, I just thought, this is what you must feel like every day. Yeah, no. I mean, when you get to be my age, I mean, that's just kind of that's just kind of life. I thought that's just a good morning coffee. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I can kind of survive is coffee at this point. Um, but you're you're good now. Yeah. They... Um, you're you are not playing Cleveland. You obviously pulled out because of that ankle. Yeah, it's actually weirdly still a bit swollen. Um, actually saw, um. Philip Gresk and Chris Eubanks quickly uh, last night. They had a stopover in New York, and Gresk actually um, sprained his ankle pretty bad as well, and he's crazy swollen still. It's been like four weeks for him. So these are, I mean, a broken bone is not something you want, but at least you have a timeline. At least you know what's happening. Again, this is. I feel like every injury I have is kind of like this wishy-washy, what happened? Are you rehabbed? Then you're like, Am I ready to slide on hard court? Like, not really right, right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now. So, yeah, it's a bit swollen still, not like Gresk, which, Gresk, if you're listening, take some time off. Please elevate rice. Rice it. <laughs> but, uh, no, I'm, I'm going to start hitting a, a few balls this week and, and hopefully be ready to, to see your little cute face in a, in a few weeks or now. 
I know. I'm I'm so so excited to go down to Orlando in a month. Um, said no yeah. whatever but now we no, are man i'm <laughs> pumped i am pumped um you know and i i kept thinking like last year when, whenever they had the first orlando challenger that marcos giron won uh what was that two, oh, two, two years, years ago? ago oh the first first one yeah, yeah, yeah i i just thought to myself man i can't wait to be able to take my daughter to the orlando challenger because you know she'll be able to go see disney world or or land or which whichever one it is yeah. and and i'll be working <laughs> i mean it'd be great and we still haven't still haven't quite gotten to that point but we're we're getting close um i yeah i will not be doing commentary in cleveland that's not one of the ones we normally do commentary for but i i have heard good positive things about about that event and um looking forward to watching a little bit this week i'm i i think i'm actually going to try to watch a little bit i haven't been watching a ton lately. I and I'm gonna. Well, actually, okay. So first, we forgot to say that cha- uh, Cleveland is our first um, men's American challenger. So that's kind of yes. like a, a turning point in a way for us. I think so too. Um, I think if they could put it on smoothly, and I played Cleveland. Oh wow, two years ago now. Okay, I thought yeah. it was last year. Um, you know, there's it's a real country club feel, so there are you know members there i want to see how that yep. goes down how smoothly it is but yeah i mean it's definitely going to prove to us especially because it's an indoor event you know if this is something we can handle and move forward to if people are willing to basically lose the money to put on a challenger so you know this would be a uh, a good good proof of concept for us yeah i think i think this one and then orlando and tallahassee in april especially on the men's side are, are crucial i think it's also you know when we did our last podcast with tara moore um, talking about the women's side, and there are the three clay court uh, events coming up for them on the women's side right. as well, being put on by the USTA Pro Circuit, and it's pretty crucial. And that kind of leads us into the the first topic I wanted to discuss with you was uh, the ATP Tour put out a a an infographic on um, let's see, it's called COVID nineteen impact on earnings by ranking range. Basically comparing the what you would have earned or what you earned in 2019-2020 with what you received in relief plus what your prize money was 2020 and 2021. And according to this infographic put out by ATP Tour, you in the 201 to 250 bracket earned like during from August from August until now you earned $97,000 on average of the 201 to 250 you earned $97,000 by virtue of the relief plus your prize money which is a 66% improvement from what you would have earned in that same period of 19 and 20 is that accurate <laughs> um I, I think there's a few things that we have to speak about there's there's two two big things. One is we're spending more on expenses right now. I think people are spending more on expenses to get to places earlier where tournaments are not always paying for those earlier days, especially out of the country. And the second thing is I think they're taking credit. And this is – I have to go into a deeper conversation with them, but I believe they're taking credit for the Grand Slams which is mm. kind of the point that we're at right now is like, okay. The guaranteed money that you received as a qualifying right. player so for, for those events. For the U.S. Open, just to go back to that, like people got first round 
qualifying prize money because qualifying was not able to commence. So for us, it's we've seen and in the group chat that we're in, we're seeing a lot of these graphs and a lot of these things come out with ATP saying this. And one, I don't even know if it's fully true. The relief sounds a little high. I have to go back. I do not yeah. believe the $40,000 is the number, right? Yeah. They, it says from anyone ranked 100 to 250 received $40,430. And this is kind of what we wanted to go in was, was this, did Wimbledon count for this? Was that part of the player relief package? Then it can make a little bit more sense, but that's now taking credit for a slam, you know, going in and doing the nitty gritty. So, you know, we've gotten a lot of this where it feels like ATP takes credit for slams work where, you know, it's kind of proving again that there's only a few places you can get, um, you know, prize money. I, I did last night see Acapulco having a larger qualifying draw. I don't know if you took a look at it and, and yeah. having pretty decent prize money actually for qualies um yes. so you know it goes back and forth but it seems like right now you know a lot of players are, are disappointed with how much they have to risk with the reward that they're seeing at the end not being ideal you know we bring up miami over and over again it's it's a tough situation but i don't think it behooves atp to throw these graphics out when you can kind of nitpick at them and say hey where is this coming from what are you actually doing and how much are these players actually making at the end of it? Yeah. On top of it, you know, let's just say that the graphic is accurate yep. and that players 101 to 250 are on average getting about 60% more money during this last six to eight months, which as I say <laughs> that you just roll your eyes. But at the same time, you know, Nick Lester, my friend commentator uh, pointed out when, when Opelka was losing to uh, Bautista Agut in Doha, mm -hmm. Said, said, and I quote, I'm going to lose money two weeks in a row while in the midst of right. his match. And that's, that's, that's Riley being that's Riley. Riley. I, yes. I, I text, I texted Nick Lester as he was broadcasting that match. And I said, let me tell you about his time in Dallas a couple of years ago during the transition tour times um, when Riley was talking to me after every break. Yeah. The T tour. Um, but yeah, so the, the the top players are seeing a a loss in income of roughly forty percent. Right. Um, and I I don't know that that's necessarily fair either. And I I just find myself looking at these numbers and I'm so perplexed as to. I just want to know where the average is coming from. We're talking about we've we just discussed twenty seconds ago that our we just ha we're having our first American challenger. You know, it's not yeah. like you talk about opportunity, you know, cost and everything like that. So you look at it as a whole and you, you question, you know, and, and I question why ATP would throw out numbers like this and they never go into the second tier of really breaking down um, where these numbers are coming from. So I, I would like to see it a little bit deeper just to make sure we're all in the same page here, which we usually are not. But um, yeah, I mean, I want to talk to you about something and, and something I think we spoke kind of personally a little bit and you you brought up earlier but i <laughs> i was gonna make a joke that you said you don't you don't follow a lot right now and for me the loss of the atp app for some reason has <laughs> oh yeah completely put a damper on just like going on checking in and being as easy as it is except for like scrolling at the top of the atp one like right it doesn't right like for you you know because i'm the cynic and everybody knows that even though you are a little bit at heart um how easy is it for you to follow like our with all the tournaments going on? I feel like there's so much just around the world and you don't even know what's happening. Do you get that same opinion at all or 
Yeah, I you know um, our friend and and listener Eric Janssen posted a, a poll last week. You know how uh, on on Twitter just are you watching more or less? How has it impacted? And I I think it was pretty close, but I, I think it just shows that there are a lot of people who are watching less because the accessibility is is less. You're not following in one location the same way. Um, I I think that is. Again, a real problem. I think what I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling with in the grand scheme of it, and I think what you're getting at here is, a, there's not that cohesion. Right. It's there's not just that. I, I, I found myself, and if I went back and listened to some of our podcasts from June and July of last year, Noah, I, I thought there would be cohesion. We talked about the idea that you know there was the ATP WTA potential hmm. coming together, which right? we haven't heard That's, a word from, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I think Federer actually said that the, the the pandemic made it next to impossible over the last couple of months, I think is his exact phrasing. Okay. But I, uh, I, I, I still just remain boggled by the fact that we don't have any cohesion. We've lost this in this app. We've, uh, you, you know, like tennis TV is, I, from my understanding today, they did not show the, uh, what, what, what events in France right now, Marseille? Yeah. Uh, they didn't show the doubles final. Yeah. Uh, on, on just like little things, it's, yeah. it's just like, what, what, what are we? Why? It's you know, and and congrats by the way to Lloyd Glasspool and Henry uh, Iliovara wow. for winning that two fifty. Congrats, guys! <laughs> and um, wasn't televised. Yeah, yeah, wasn't televised, and it's just it's like all of these little things that when we've we've had some time off, we could have gotten just really kind of hammered in with something there to, to have a good plan coming out. The one word that comes to my head, and obviously you don't get every email that I get as a player, but the one yeah. the one word that comes to my head like consistently is survival. That's almost what it feels like mm. right now. I get an email yeah. and they're like, well, we have a 250 in Chile. And I'm like, uh, tomorrow. And I'm like, well, okay, uh, great. Like, happy for them that you guys can put on a 250 and you know two and a half weeks notice yeah. like you know that's what it's feeling and that's when you said cohesion that that is the perfect word we couldn't be more opposite of that not only with losing the app like i don't know what some of my girl friends are doing on tour like i don't know what mm. who what they're playing i go on the atp and then i lose it on the challengers and i'm like what what is happening and then i get these emails that are like hey we have a tournament Two weeks from now, are you ready? You playing? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's survival comes to mind of we're just trying to throw as much out there as possible and hope that this leads to stability in a way, which in the short term could be, but I, I don't think it's sustainable. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thought because I I I think if if we're talking about individually, like. I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt time and time again or, or anybody, uh, my friends individually, if they say, you know what, I didn't get to that project in my bathroom through this pandemic because I'm like, I understand. <laughs> I didn't get to the project in my bathroom. You know, it's still halfway torn apart right now, right? Uh, I, I just found myself thinking that this is, it, yeah, survival is, is one thing for all of us right now as we're kind of dealing with our mental health struggles all of us are dealing with it in some way shape or form i guess i for some reason i don't find myself having that same level of compassion for organizations which i don't know that maybe maybe i'm wrong on that maybe i'm wrong on that i could i could very well be wrong because i 
all in all, I think you and I both agree that there are people who are working their asses off right now to try and do the best to make sure that there are opportunities. I guess I've just always had this idea that the people at the top who are making that that massive amount of money, this is this is where they do get paid the big bucks so that you know they're able to transcend that and make sure that there is that cohesive plan moving forward as opposed to just survival. And I'm fully willing to admit that, that maybe on this point, I'm actually wrong. Yeah, I mean, we don't know the whole story, but I don't think we can, I don't think we can let this go. I mean, saying that there's, you know, not a real clear vision of how to move forward for the next year and a half, two years, and where we're going to go with this, you can't let that go. No matter how tough of a situation that is, that is, that is, plan a right now how do we move forward how do we get tennis into a position not only that it was the same as pre-pandemic but better than the pre-pandemic tennis and again it's just it's just survival right now it's just this idea of how do we throw as many tournaments on the list as possible how do we not make as many people as upset as we are at this moment and you know it's it's difficult i mean yeah i mean these acapulco and and these tournaments have band-aids that they use and it's great tournaments and people working you know really hard we all know that but is it enough is it enough when you have miami in what a week and a half from now two weeks from now whatever yeah um, right you know with the 65 percent pay cut you know with people that you have to assume can up those numbers just a bit you know we we don't know what it looks like as a whole but you you have to assume that you know people are working on a vision and they just don't have a plan right now and it's disheartening so You've mentioned your your group chats with other players. Mm-hmm. Um, we we've talked about you know who who was it a couple of weeks ago that said they were stepping away from the tour for a little bit. Uh, um, Simone, Simone, thank you. And and now obviously you know about a week ago we would have we would have talked about this uh, <laughs> if, if it weren't for the food poisoning. But <laughs> Benoit Pair, yeah, um, also coming out and just saying that it's sad, boring, and ridiculous. Um, out on those events and i i guess i guess that's where i I think that's where we're what we're kind of you know circling around here is that ultimately you know i i've talked a lot about opportunity right you want the opportunity to 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 be there in the big moments and the opportunity to fulfill your own destiny you're in control of your own destiny at, at all times there's also just that aspect of mental health in all of this there have been a lot of players who have been able to just go from tournament to tournament, flying around the world, putting up with tons of COVID tests. And I think a lot of them, even though some have been successful, some not, are just kind of at this point of exhaustion through it, is the the feeling I'm getting from the outside. And that just, what, for what purpose right now? For what purpose? For what end? And I think that's what we're kind of getting at, right? What what is what is the end? What's the purpose here other than yeah, rankings points and and money, okay. Yeah. But what's the point? It's it's tough. Do you have an answer, please? <laughs> it's <laughs> it's tough to say because, you know, speaking to players like a Eubanks who just literally traveled around the world and back. Like literally. Yeah. Um you look at it and you're like, Did you really make you, you know, you travel with somebody, did you really make Enough money, and he's very easygoing. So he's more than fine. He just wants to win matches and move up the rankings, and I respect it. But looking at it, I was like, did you really? I mean, you probably, what, profited pre-tax 
maybe a thousand fifteen hundred dollars max you know maybe two thousand dollars after all said and done in like five weeks like is that what we're looking at is it worth doing that you know i understand my rankings dropping i totally get that but for my mental health i mean i'm this past three weeks was not uh, my doing but you know i'm home i'm getting things together and i'm kind of in the same spot you know i I moved a few ranking points i'm not losing money necessarily besides not having those paychecks come in but you know we're basically in the same spot and i don't have to travel around the world so what is yeah what is the point it's a tough question to answer because for a lot of people i think benoit pair it probably wasn't an ideal situation to go from spitting on the court to saying something like that (laughs) but you know you have to you have to look at it and be like yeah we get it i mean pandemic has, has highlighted this that you are grinding 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 doing all of this and it's with tennis being an individual sport you go play a match at you know in montpellier with uh five people watching you know it's it's just like you know what can you get that going can you move it and i I don't want to say who but in the group checks it was one of the funniest things i saw they're like we're getting all these pay cuts because of fans um you know not being on site but fans were never on site why why this year are the pay cuts coming <laughs> and when it if when it comes to where we're at with the challenger level mm-hmm. um as we like to bring it there um and yeah you're you've barely played i i i'm not trying to be an asshole no, for no, once, yeah. but when, when's the last time i'm not when, when's the last time you won an at uh, or, or a, i'm sorry a non-utr match Whew. i i I'd, a year I, ago Dallas last year, uh, yeah, I, something like that. Yeah, I, I, uh, no, okay, no, no. So, well, actually, Indian Wells was the last tournament that I played. So, yeah. yes, that's yeah, right, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Indian yeah. Wells last year, right, right. And you've probably dropped twenty or thirty spots, right, without playing some, in a, something like in that a year. Yeah. Uh, I hope Liam doesn't mind me mentioning this. As we're recording this, he's actually in another final, and I'm, I'm, he's playing Andreas Seppi today. I'm hopeful for Liam to finally just get that monkey off his back. I hope. That when this is finished, we we see him winning. But um, I, I texted Liam and I said, "Hey, are you going to be coming for those the two events in in the U.S. in Orlando and Tallahassee?" And he said, "I I can't because I need to start playing some ATP events. My ranking's not moving." Yeah. And this is a guy who has been in a couple of finals over the last few weeks, and he's moved maybe twenty or thirty spots, and he's having a fantastic year. Yeah. And he's not moving. Yeah, he's not moving. And I, I, and so I, I find him think, you know, thinking, this is what it, the whole sport's about. This is a guy who's kicking ass, having the best stretch he's had in years, maybe of his career, and he's moved like twenty or thirty spots. How the hell is he supposed to get into? It? Like, mine is the you, mental aspect get, though of that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mine's the mental of like that's extremely disheartening for somebody that you know, obviously has had some tough times here and there kind of breaking through. And now this could be, this could have been that point for him to kind of break through to 150 and beyond. And it's just, you're not seeing that result on paper where, I mean, this goes back to a thought I was having a week ago. I was like, you should cut prize money by literally 80%. And anybody that wants to get a few extra bucks can play. If it's near their hometown, they don't have to go out. But then everything else should be a salary. Don't this is this should literally be a rebuilding time? But they can't do that because they need players to play and this whole circle of yeah, life. Yeah. But I was like, we should have a salary right now where nobody has to play a single match. 
I mean, you're you're forcing people during this time to be going to Europe and back and then to Asia. I mean, what Eubanks has done, I'm just using him because I just saw him. I mean, it's insane what he's done for what? Like, he, I think he moved up four spots winning, you know, four or five matches. It's just like, this is not the time for that. And Liam's spot is is not an ideal you know, situation. You finally putting some results together all together in a row where you can really see those big jumps and it just doesn't come on paper. Yeah. Uh, as he's down a set and a break already. Uh, and he's only been playing for 40 minutes. Uh, but it would be interesting tough. to see, and, and we could do this on the next one to go back. It would be interesting to see what's the difference between him winning and finaling in terms of moving up the rankings. I mean, that could be one or two spots. We don't know. I'm actually going to look it up because I, I we, you, you do. Well, that's the thing is like it's so mathematically complicated right now. Because and, – and just to go over while while you're looking at the results, just to go over the ranking system again for people, you have 18 tournaments that count on your ranking system. So that's not changing, but people have now 2 or 3x because these rankings will be going until 2022. You have 2 or 3x times basically the amount of opportunity to have 18 of your best tournaments. So – now that most people, maybe their lowest point would be a five or even a zero at times for their lowest. Now it's a 20 or 30. You know, these are things that really add up. That's why you have guys like Alvarez that would be, you know, top 100 at this point after his yeah. results. And you're just, you're at 120, which it's a big difference. It really is. You need it like is. six challengers to move up. Yeah, Liam would move up five spots if he wins <laughs> wins a title. And I... I could probably look it up here, but in, in terms of what he's been able to do, what is over he the last ranked at right now? One fifty-seven. I mean, for <laughs> him to have now f- two finals, and I'm sure he has a couple other results this past year. Um, it's it's not it's not okay as a whole. So he would move up thirteen spots for a final, which is. You know, it, it's it's okay. It's not great. But this is the situation you're in. You're, you're looking at it as a whole, and the risk-reward is just not there. But they're okay. The ATP doesn't seem any, you know, seem like anything's wrong as well as the WTA. And I'm curious to really see a, a plan in mind. He's moved up. Liam's moved up 30 spots over the last, th- this year, with a semi, uh, two finals. Yeah. Two finals and a semi. Yeah, 30 and a, spots. And a Grand Slam event. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. It's just not okay. Are you okay? Yeah, we're okay. It's just it's tough to see everything going on and then missing opportunities here and there, and you're just thinking what's next, and then looking at other players and hoping that they say something positive and they don't. But we'll see how tennis improves, and you know, I'm just excited to get on the court. So, me too. <laughs> I, I hit some forehands this week. It was just Glorious. not great. So I need I need to I need to get. Uh... I'm actually, I feel like I'm in pretty decent shape for me right now. Okay. So like a good, really good starting point for the spring. I'm really excited. Uh, thank you again to all of our Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash behind the racket pod. I had to think about that for a second. Uh, please be good to yourself, Noah. You're and as well. uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. 
The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket.